Jaden Wilson. What's up, guys? Ready for the big sports game? Alright guys, uh, before the big game, I had a poem I wanted to read to y'all. Um, I'm a football. I like to travel and fly like a bird. Sometimes I'm held as a treasure, but also I get kicked and thrown around. I sometimes get thrown to the ground after someone scores a touchdown. It feels good when the wind blows in my face. I'm a football. Sing along, man. I mean, that's like anthemic, okay? 1988, rocking it back. Of course, that was a long before that. Hey, listen, I'm so excited that you guys are here today. We're going to launch this series called Sweet Emotion. And uh, let me just say, some of you, you've come in here, and like I said earlier, you know, you're a little skiddy about talking about emotions. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about each other today, and we're going to learn a lot by this first question that I want to ask you today. How do you feel today? Have <laughs> you ever noticed when you ask a crowd that question, the gamut of response you get? And so I'm going to ask you to give, I'm going to prove my point. How do you feel today? <laughs> yeah, man, that's so convincing. <laughs> Some of you went to the spring football game at Georgia. You went to, you know, watch your team. The Florida Gators had their spring game. We got one coming up next week for all the War Eagle people. And, and it, yeah, all that. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Like, how do you feel today? Yeah. Where you go, yeah, woo, you know, and some of you guys, it's like, that's, that's the emotion we live in. Uh, emotions are a huge part of our life. They fit into every single part of who we are. Whether you realize it or not, they affect probably how you sleep. They probably affect what time you go to bed and even what time you get up in the morning. They affect every single place of our life. Now, I want you to tell you this. I, I, this is no coincidence. I just thought you guys would find this interesting. April is Stress Awareness Month. How many of y'all knew that? Okay, some of you are stressed out about that. Um, stress Awareness Month. I'm like, wow, we're doing this series on emotions. And of all times to have Stress Awareness Month, April is Stress Awareness Month. How do you feel today? That's a very telling question. When someone asks us that question, it says a lot about us. Because we all come into this moment, we all come into this place today. We've had a lot of emotion before we even got here, okay? If you are a parent of a preschooler and you wrestled your preschooler to come today, like there's a lot of emotion in you, okay? I mean, you get it, okay? Some of you, you're like, you know what, man, I had an incredible spring break. I'm ready to go home, watch the Masters, going to see all this stuff going on. And and, and here's what you did. You came to church and you checked your emotions at the door. You're like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to listen and I'm going to internalize it and I'm going to leave and, and I'm just going to kind of turn the page. And so for some of us in this room, it's not that we have too much emotion. It may mean that we don't have enough emotion. 
And I want to say this today. It doesn't matter if you're an emotional person or a very quiet person. Wrong emotions, right emotions, too much emotion, not enough emotion. All of those extremes can cause us problems in our life. I want to ask you, how do I determine the difference between how I feel in my life and what is true? You ever thought about that? I mean, think about how powerful these words are. We use them a lot in our American culture. Today, I feel like you fill in the blank. We do it every Monday. I mean, I see some of us on social media. We, we come to church on Sunday and it's like, yes, he's risen. He's alive. Lamb of God took my place. Okay. And then Monday morning, we go on the Twitter and 140 characters or less. We blow up the world. It's Monday. God has left us from a distance. Okay, I mean, you know, it's like, what happens to us? We go from swagger on Sunday to, oh no, God, please don't let this happen again on Monday. And that is the world of emotions. I mean, think about it. You can go on Facebook and within one frame of one post, you can see a person who just had a baby, just got engaged, just got diagnosed with cancer, just lost their grandparents, and it goes down and down. How do we process all that? You ever thought about that? How do we filter that into our everyday life? You say, well, there's no wonder. I mean, listen to this. In America, 21 million people struggle with what's known as mood disorders. 21 million people. Mood disorders can be everything from ADHD to ADD to schizophrenia to whatever. And in the American church, here's what we've done. We take people's emotions and we try to throw a scripture at them and we say, hey man, go just read this book and take this book and you just go find you a scripture and you'll overcome your emotion. And so we throw a scripture at it. But that doesn't always answer the problem. How do I know if what I feel is true? I mean, haven't we heard all of our life, perception is reality? But let me ask you this question. What if the way I perceive is not really reality? Well, it's always reality. No, it's not, because it's based on how I perceive it and the filter of which I feel it. I mean, I thought about it this way. If we live by our feelings, then every time we have really good Tex-Mex food, our feelings are going to go through the roof because we're launching our lives based upon our feelings. And here's what I know is true. God gave us, God created us with emotions. Every single one of us in this room, God created us with emotions. It was God's idea. Some of you go, well, why in the world did he do that? Why didn't he just let us become a robot? Like, why can't we just have like this life that's kind of vanilla or stale from emotions? And here's what we try to do. Because God created us with emotions, we spend most of our lives trying to find this word in our life we call balance. Balance between how I feel and how I respond. You ever thought about that? How much of your life do you spend trying to find the balance? You know, in Scripture, Ecclesiastes 3, listen to what the Bible says about emotions. There is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. How many of you on spring break, you danced last week? You went dancing, all right? Some of you go, yeah, yeah. How many of you, you're a chronic weeper? Like you're the crier in your family. You know, like a dog dies on television and you're like, oh, my. You know, you take it so personal. 
We have people, even here, you're like, you're making fun. Oh my gosh, you're going to cry because I'm preaching today, okay? A time to weep, a time to laugh. All these emotions, according to scripture, are real. Emotions are God's idea. But here's the thing. What happens to me if I read my emotions the wrong way? What happens to the direction of my life if I don't correctly interpret the emotions that I feel? What difference does it make in my life? You know, for years, psychologists and psychiatrists have come up with a gamut of understanding our emotions because part of our struggle is we don't even know what emotion we have. We just feel something. So they created this wheel. Look at this. This is a true psychological thing, okay? Psychiatrists say, okay, if you're peaceful, then you're going to have these emotions. And if you're sad, then you're going to have, and these are like a spoke, you know, and, and these all come together. And I don't know about you, but I look at that wheel and I go, oh my gosh, I'm ruined. Because that's what you and I have to deal with on a daily basis, okay? Now, I got together this week, and out of the intelligence of my own heart, I realized that men and women are different in how they, you know, handle their emotions. So I created my own emotional will for men. Someone said earlier, that's one too many. <laughs> Here, here's one emotion a guy has. Hey, honey, have you taken out the trash? Not yet. That's emotion that I have. It's like, oh, I know I should have done that, okay? This emotion over here, hey, you gonna go pick up the kids? Maybe. That's a strong emotion for men. And then there's the one where men, you just feel totally incompetent. Your wife tells you something and you know you should remember. Like, when's our anniversary this year? I don't know. Very strong emotion. And then there's just the, huh? You can act like either you're deaf or you don't hear what they're saying. Like, no espanol, okay? Huh? Four emotions that men deal with. But here's the thing, we all struggle to handle our emotions and even identify our emotions the right way. And men, here's what we do, we stuff it. Because we've been taught all of our lives, you gotta be tough. And you should never cry at the end of the notebook. Because if you do, you're not a man and you need to hand me your man card, okay? And women, here's what we've been told. We've been told you need to get in touch with your feelings. So instead of, Expressing our feelings in four words, we decide to express it in 27 words. Can I get an amen? But both sides, whether we realize it or not, men and women, it's important that we understand our real emotions. You know, I talk to men all the time and they're like, well, I'm just a man, you know, really. Listen, David was a man. The Bible says he was a warrior. He was a king. He was a musician. He wrote songs. But we see in the book of Psalms, he allowed his emotions to come out. He didn't just stuff it inside. He was trying to get in touch with the fact, God, why do I feel like you've left me? God, why, why is my enemy pursuing me? I mean, just read through the Psalms. It's crazy. Like he gets so real and so raw and so genuine. And so men, we can't just look at emotions and go, well, that's for my wife to figure out. Because I want to say it again, whether you have too much emotion or not enough, both leave us in a bad place. So God gave us emotions. He created us that way. But here's another thought. What we do with our emotions will determine the direction of our life. Think about it. What we do with our emotions will determine the direction of our life. We will spend our years going through life and we will come to a place where suddenly we look around and we've got this nice set of luggage behind us called emotional baggage. 
all bad relationships, all bad job situations. And suddenly when we, when we walk into people's lives, we go, hold on a second. I got three more bags to bring in. Okay. We live with emotional baggage. And here's another thing. Would you rather live that way or would you rather get it right? And instead of walking around with a bunch of emotional baggage, you have emotional trophies to point to. This says, you know what? There was this time in my life that I felt like nobody cared, but I was wrong. What if you looked back in your life when you're 70 and 80 and you remember the moment that that wasn't the hardest moment in your life. It was the moment when God showed up and he delivered you. And instead of living with emotional baggage, you see an emotional trophy that says, look what God did. Which avenue do we want to end up with in our life? You know, even as we were preparing this series, one of the things that really struck me was how much time we spend in our life on our physical health. I mean, we join clubs, right? We go work out. We go, you know, we run, we lift weights, we swim, we bike, we do all these things. You know, we do CrossFit. I mean, some of you go in a gym and impale yourself with weights. Life and death. But let me ask you a question. How much time do we spend on our emotional health? Because here's a truth and a reality. You and I will probably have five to six to eight to 10 times more emotional attacks on a daily basis than we do physical attacks. Think about it. You go to school, you hear someone say something to you, you put it in your mind and suddenly there's an emotional attack. You go to your work, someone says, hey, you're, you're a horrible job, you're a horrible performer, We're, you're, you're out of our organization. You gotta go home and deal with that. You go to into relationships and, and someone goes, hey, I used to love you and I know we've been married 25 years, but I just don't love you anymore. I don't know that I ever loved you. How do you process that? Here's the thing, we go to the gym to work out physically, but how much of our lives should we probably work on our emotional health? Because every day you and I are gonna get a tax over and over and over. It was very convicting for me when I sat down and I thought about that. Think of how much disease is in our world, not because of physical things that happen to us, but because of emotional things that happen to us in life. Doctors' offices, hospitals are full of people who had emotional illnesses that never got taken care of. Ulcers. Nervous breakdowns. And for many years in the church, what we've tried to say is, well, if we'll just toughen people up, they'll get through it. It's sad to me to even think that churches won't even touch the issue of emotional health. Because we understand it affects every part of our life and what we do with our emotions will determine the direction of our life. But listen to this, emotions are important because they drive or divide our relationships. Emotions are important because they drive or divide. All intimacy in relationships comes from communicating our feelings to one another. All intimacy, friendships, working relationships, husbands, wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, every relationship in your life is affected by your ability to rightly communicate and understand each other's emotions. So this idea that, well, I don't struggle with my emotion. I'm just kind of a personality that's resilient. Listen, that's false. Whether you realize it or not, your emotions are going to affect every single relationship in your life. So what does God tell us about this? 
I mean, think about it. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul here in the scripture is talking to the church at Corinth. And he's trying to help them understand that there's been some things that have seeped into their understanding and and to their thinking about their life and their faith and everything else. And he's trying to basically say to them, guys, listen, you and I are in a battle. And what we do in that battle is so important. Listen to what he says in verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. He's talking about a spiritual battle. And listen to what he says, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, say with me, captive. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Here's what Paul said. You and I are in this battle. The way we fight this battle is not the way that you would kind of from a fleshly point of view. There's a spiritual battle. And so it's important that you and I learn to take captive every thought. Let me say it to you this way. God doesn't want us to become captive to our emotions. He wants us to take our emotions captive. Wow. Think of how different our life would look if we no longer held captive by our emotions, but instead we flipped the script and we took our emotions captive. Why do I feel this way? Why did I wake up on the wrong side of the bed today? Why do I feel like she doesn't love me? Why do I feel like my kids don't, hate, don't like me, that they hate me? Why, why do I feel like I'm not successful in my job? It's because we've allowed our emotions to take us captive. What does that word captive mean? It means to subdue something. It means to tackle something. If you're from South Georgia, it means that you wrestle it to the ground. You put it in a chokehold. And you say, you're not going to own me. Somehow I'm going to understand you and I'm going to take you captive. You are not going to hold me captive. Wow. Can you imagine such a place in our life? Where suddenly we begin to take our emotions captive instead of our emotions holding us prisoner. But here's what we do. When it comes to our emotional health, many times we don't want to address the real issues. So we try to just ignore it. Well, I'll feel better tomorrow. I'll feel better two weeks from now. The truth is you can't. Because our struggle to even identify the right emotion we saw on that wheel, it's so, it's so complex. It's so different for us. And once we accurately identify the right emotion we're even feeling, the, the opportunity to sit down and actually have an intelligent conversation with something about why we feel that certain feeling is a challenge in our world. We're so busy. We don't deal with our emotions. We stuff them or we express them. And so what happens is we, we judge our emotions wrong and we live with the consequences of it. And God doesn't want us to live that way. You know, Paul, the book of Romans chapter 12, he says these words. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Here's what happens. 
When we don't rewire our minds to think the way God wants us to think, we will miss out on God's purpose for our life. I want to know and do the will of God. I do. I want to live in the favor of God's will. I don't want to just understand it. I want to walk in it. And what Paul says here is we've got to rewire our emotions if we're going to walk in the will of God. He says, by the renewing of your mind. So here's how we deal with it. Most of us have been taught all of our life, our emotions are the product of our life situations. Something happens to us in life, and it's, we use the word, well, you shouldn't react, you should respond. That's complex for me, because sometimes I try to respond, and I end up reacting, and sometimes I react, and I need to respond, and I don't always understand that. But I want to show you this diagram. Here's what we believe. Life situations happen to us, good and bad. We take those situations through a set of beliefs that we have about the world. And then suddenly, our thoughts come as a result of those beliefs. We begin to think according to the filter of the beliefs that we have. Then we move from our thoughts to, guess what? There's our feelings. Well, I feel this way. And then suddenly our feelings lead to our actions in life. You see, here's what we do. We filter our emotions through the grid of our beliefs. What you believe about the world, what you believe about a person, what you believe about yourself is a grid that you filter all of life's situations through. And when you do that, that grid of belief sometimes holds you captive. See, here's what I've learned in life. The first step to our freedom comes when we realize that life is distorted by our own expectations of what we're going to experience. Did you hear that? Life is distorted by our own expectations of what we're going to experience. Let me give you an example. Two people go to a party, a guy named Mark and a lady named Susie. They run into a guy named Larry. Larry is a little bit of a crass person. He's difficult to handle. But Mark grew up very secure, loving parents, told him he was worth something. So when he meets Larry, he may look at Larry and go, wow, Larry's, Larry's got a strong personality. But he shakes Larry's hand, he meets him, and he goes away. Susie, on the other hand, grew up, grew up believing that she was worth nothing. She never really had a father in her life. And so she doesn't think she's worth much. So she meets Larry at a party, and she goes away, and here's what she says. Man, that Larry, he's a real jerk. Did they meet the same person? Absolutely they did. What's different? Their beliefs. Their beliefs. They have a filter that's a set of beliefs that they took life situations through. And here's why. Situations trigger long-held beliefs in our mind that may be true or may be false. Situation, what you face is just the trigger. And all this time, some of you thought you're held captive by what happens to you in life. No. It's just the trigger. Situations trigger long-held beliefs that bring these things forward into our life. So what happens? Our bad emotions come from these bad thoughts, not the situations we deal with in life. 
And what triggers our bad thoughts? Our false beliefs. Our false beliefs. Think about how distorted your life becomes when everything that happens to you goes through a bad belief system. Suddenly you think that everyone's out to get you. You don't trust anybody. Why? Because you've had a set of false beliefs. And some of you go, now I understand why I can't stay in a relationship. Now I understand why I'll never trust a girl. I never trust a guy. I don't trust anybody in my life. Because all of your life, you lived with a set of bad beliefs. So I want you to hear this truth. I can't change life situations, but I can change my beliefs. Say it with me. I can't change life situations, but I can change my beliefs. It's the one thing that you and I have control over. And I don't know about you, but that's very freeing to me. Because somehow it's no longer dependent on what happens in the world to me. Because the filter of what it goes through, if my belief system is true, my emotions are going to follow and they're going to be true. Can you see how we get it backwards? I can't change my life situations, but I can change my beliefs. I want you to go back to that grid there real quick. Think about how differently your life would be if your belief system was right and whatever happens to you. Listen, it doesn't matter if it's job, relationship, disease, hardship, finances, whatever. How differently your thoughts become and how differently your emotions become in the course of your life becomes totally different. Why? Because your emotions will drive the direction of your life and your relationships. So how do I move past all these false beliefs? Can I tell you, my life is full of false beliefs. We all deal with them. It doesn't matter if you've been a believer since you were five or you've been a believer since, you know, five days ago. All of us have a set of false beliefs we have to get rid of. Because we live in a world that's fed us a bunch of false beliefs. We have a sin nature that has fed us a lot of false beliefs about ourselves. So how do we get past it? If you have a pen, I really think there's three things we need to do. Number one, we need to break the cycle. We need to break the cycle. What cycle? I need to realize that what came out of me emotionally is what is inside of me. Did you hear that? We break the cycle when we take ownership for our own emotions. If I feel hurt... It must mean that there's an emotion in me of feeling hurt. And that is probably an indicator that something's going on in my life. But here's what we do. We take the emotion of hurt and we blame somebody else. I've seen people do this in church. A church begins to grow. A church begins to change. God begins to move in the church and people go, I just don't feel like it's the same anymore. No, it's not. Because Jesus said in Revelations 21, behold, I'm going to make all things new. It's going to change. But if our belief system is I'm hurt, then everything we stick through that filter of hurt is going to lead us to a bad emotion. We've got to break the cycle. What comes out of me is evidence of what is inside of me. Jesus said this in Matthew 12. He said, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. 
my emotion. It's, it, it's coming out of me because it's in me. You go, oh my gosh, there's a creature in me. That's right. It's called you and me. And we got to learn to deal with it. We got to move past it and we got to start by breaking the cycle. Here's what this means. I cannot blame others or situations for my response in life anymore. That's how we start to break the cycle. Well, if she would do this, well, if he would do that, well, if they would do this, no, 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 no. That's not going to change anything. If you have bad beliefs, you're still going to have the same emotion. You've got to break the cycle. I cannot blame others. Our emotions are merely evidence of our true or false beliefs in life. That's all it is. The emotion that comes out is evidence. Is this true or is this false? Right emotion, probably right beliefs. Wrong emotion, probably wrong beliefs. You go, oh my gosh, this explains so much about my life. I know, me too. I wish someone would have taught me this at 13. It would have saved me a lot of heartache through my teenage years. Instead, I spent most of my teenage years searching and looking, trying to figure out why I could never measure up. We got to break the cycle. Number two, we need to run to God. What does this mean? We got to run away from the false belief that we filtered into our life and we got to run back to God. What does this mean? We've got to confess and repent. You go, oh my gosh, you're talking about repentance. You know what repentance is? It's a U-turn. It means that we're thinking this way. We're letting our emotions pull us this way. But suddenly we turn around and we go, oh, God's got the right set of beliefs. I wonder how different my life will look instead of going this way away from God and believing all these false things that I turn around and I walk to God. And when I walk to God, suddenly the fruit of repentance is a right belief system in my life. You see, we think repentance is such a bad thing. It's not. It, it's confessing. It's calling it out. It means, it means to change your mind. I'm changing my mind on the issue. So we've got to break the cycle. We've got to run to God because we need to agree with God that what he says is correct and what he says is true. Now, I don't know about you. I would love to think that I would spend the rest of my life believing more about what God says about my feelings than what I say about my feelings. I've never gotten it right. <laughs> well, today I don't feel successful. Tomorrow I feel successful. The next day I don't feel successful. <laughs> God's going, Sean, listen, bro. I didn't send my son so you could live on that roller coaster. I want to set you free from that. Start agreeing with me that what I say is true. What do I say about this subject in your life? What is my purpose for your life in this matter, Sean? Because if you start operating in that and you run to me and I run to God, suddenly everything in my life changes. I begin to turn away from all these false beliefs of what I thought was true and the idea that my life situation is what causes or creates my emotions. I'm different. But here's where I think people stop. Number three, we've got to walk in freedom. We've got to break the cycle, call it out. Whoa, whoa, this emotion, it's evidence of what's in me. I've got to run to God. I've got to start seeing things from God's point of view. But then I've got to walk in freedom. How do I do that? We've got to reject false beliefs, but it's not enough. 
we've got to replace them with what? The truth. What is true? What is true in this? You say, how did you learn all this? Listen, I was a student pastor for 20 years. Okay, I studied the minds of eighth graders at beach camp. (laughs) Woo! Blow your mind. I look at teenagers and go, oh no, you two can't hook up. That's dangerous, okay? (laughs) There's some bad false beliefs going on there, okay? Don't do that. Here's the truth. All my life, I've been taught, Sean, what good is it to remove a lie from your life if you don't replace it with truth? But here's what we do sometimes. We replace a lie with a lie. We reject a lie in our life, and so we move on to something else in our life. And you know what that creates in our life? It's called addiction. It's addiction. Suddenly, we're held captive by more than just our emotion. We're held captive by lies that lead to lies that lead to lies that lead to lies. And God wants us to be free of that. We begin to walk in freedom when we reject false beliefs and we replace it with the truth. See, here's what happens. Freedom comes when we identify the lie, the false belief. We confess it. We agree with God. God, what you say is true. What I feel, not always true. We reject it. Man, I reject that. Well, I feel bad. It's Monday. I know. But listen, it's going to be Monday every seven days. I don't want to spend the rest of my existence thinking that Monday hates me. We reject the lie, and then what do we got to do? This is so key. Replace. Say it with me. Replace. Say it with me. Replace. What do we replace it with? The truth. God, what do you say that's true? If we take what has been put into our lives that's false, and we remove it and reject it, and we put in what's true, how we feel is no longer the most important thing in our life. What is true is. Jesus said this in John 8, 32. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will what? Set you free. Listen to what Jesus said. He didn't say, then you will know the truth and the truth will make you feel good. Well, I just want to feel good. Now, listen, you can take all your feel good and you can take it and throw it away because I would rather be set free than live in the feel goods of life. Amen? Amen. I would rather be set free. I would let the truth set me free over any day of, oh, I feel this way. God wants to set us free. Here's the truth. When we take our emotions captive and we operate in truth, we will no longer be held captive by how we feel or what happens to us in life. Say, are you serious? Like, do you really believe that? Yeah, I do. I just do. What's ever bad happened to you? A lot of stuff. And here's the thing. I could sit up here and tell you for hours of the bad thing that's happened to me. I would much rather sit up and tell you about the one who delivered me. Because the truth of Jesus is what set me free, not how I felt. And not even what happened to me. At some point, you got to look at your life and say, that's just what happened to me. That's not what sets me free. Because I reject it. It's a false belief and I replace it with the truth. Would you bow your heads with me today? All over this room. Listen, here's the notion that I have. Some of us came into this room 
and we struggle with this in our life. I know I do. We came into this room because we somehow want our feelings to go before the truth. Now, here's what I believe. When we reject false beliefs and we get to a place of replacing it with truth in our life, our feelings will eventually follow. I have peace today. I have joy today. I am free today. No life situation, no human being defines who I am. You say, I want some of that. What starts with you rejecting the false belief? What is the lie? Call it out. Confess it to God. Turn away from it. Repent it. Look at God and say, God, I believe what you say. I reject it and I replace it with what you say about me or about what you say in this situation. Some of you are in marriages that are struggling. God wants to say to you, hey, listen, I know how you feel, but how you feel doesn't define the truth for your life. Here's what's true. I put you together. I brought you together and you're going to stay married. You know why? Because the truth is I'm the one that can hold you together. And as soon as you get past yourself and how you feel and you realize that God's the glue, suddenly God sets you free. God, we depend on you. What better place to be in our life as a, as a teenager than to wake up every day and say, I am not gonna allow social media to define me. God, I am depending on you to tell me who I am. And I'm gonna operate in that truth. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, there's some of you who came in this room today And here's what you need to be set free of. You will never be free of your emotions until the spirit of God lives in you. You say, what does that mean? It means when you and I come to a place where we fully surrender our life to Jesus as Lord and a savior, he comes and takes up residency in our life and he gives us the Holy Spirit inside of our life. And here's what you do. You live on the conscious of your feelings versus the witness of the Holy Spirit. And you're confused by that. I get that. You know what I call that? When I was 17, I just found myself lost. God, I'm lost by that. I don't know how to find you. I don't know how to rightly relate to you. And so I I kept thinking, God, you're a feeling. No, God's not a feeling. God's truth. And here's the thing. Some of you came in this room today and you need salvation. You think, man, I'm just going to keep going to church because I feel good. No, listen, church can't make you feel good enough. Jesus is the only one that can set you free our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never made that decision to fully trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord, I want to give you that opportunity right here. Would you pray this prayer with me? Just say, dear God, thank you for bringing me here today. Thank you that you love me. I know that's true. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I invite you, Jesus, into my heart to be my Lord, to be my Savior, And I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Would you save me today? I give you my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, listen, there are some of you who for the very first time, you prayed that prayer and you meant it. And here's what's really cool. For the first time, you're gonna realize that your emotions are not the most important thing in your life you're going to realize that there's something bigger, that it's Jesus in you. I want to encourage you. It doesn't matter where you're at in your life. I want to encourage you to tell someone what you did today. I want to encourage you to tell your mom, your dad, your, your coworker, your friend, whoever it is, 
Go out and put it on Facebook. Hey, today I gave my life to Christ at Southcrest. Today I received Christ in my life. Jesus changed me today. Because what he did today is he began the process of setting you free from every feeling that's going to come into your life. Lord, I thank you today that the truth will set us free. God, I thank you today for the powerful message of your word. Lord, help us to take our emotions captive so that we're not captivated by them. Help us to come to the place where we reject the lie so that we can replace it with the truth. Because Lord, you gave us these emotions. Imagine, imagine God, how awesome it would be if we turned all of our emotional energy back to you. I believe, Lord, we'd be a different church because we would be different. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.